Welcome to another episode of Theological Pipe. News, culture, sports, politics, and everything else from a theological perspective. It's all summed up in love. What should I do? Tell me God is good. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, give it peace. Give it peace. Put that in your theological pipe and smoke it. Hey, welcome. What's the greatest Christmas gift that you've ever gotten? Uh, I know you can think back if, you know, with Christmas and getting Christmas presents and believing in Santa Claus and coming down and opening gifts, um, and maybe even after when you've gotten older, but if you could think of the best Christmas present that you've ever gotten, what would it be? I know for me, uh, it was the Atari 2600. Uh, that dates me uh, as an old dude, um, but the Atari 2600 was one of the first uh, gaming systems that you could bring into the house, you know, much like the Xbox 360, Xbox One, PS5. It was the Atari 2600, um, and I remember it because, number one, it was cool to get, and number two, because we had come downstairs, me and my brothers and my sister, we had opened all our presents from Santa. Um, we were playing with it. We were kind of messing around with our stuff, checking out our stuff like we normally do, going through our stockings. And I was the one who noticed it. I turned and looked underneath the TV. The Atari 2600 had been set up for us. And I was like, the Atari 2600. And again, we, we go nuts. We set it up. We start playing Pong. And we just thought we were the, it was the greatest day ever. Um, so for me, in Christmas, I, and there's other gifts that I've gotten. I remember getting a G.I. Joe Tower uh, when I was like seven or eight. Uh, I can remember some other gifts that I've gotten. But for me, the 2600 will always be memorable, number one, because it was the Atari 2600. And number two, because we didn't notice it until, until later on. And I'm sure you know anyone that's listening that celebrates Christmas and opens presents will remember the greatest gift um, that they ever got. And, and I think that's one of the joys of Christmas is not only getting to give gifts, but to uh, to get gifts, but to give them as well. You probably have um, gifts that you've given to people that you can remember, like you were so excited uh, to, to buy somebody a gift and give it to them. And they were excited when they received it. Uh, and that's, you know, Christmas um, is really not about gift giving it's it's or or receiving uh it's about the birth of jesus and you know you can we can say hey that's the greatest gift ever is that jesus christ was born uh that's god's gift to mankind is him becoming a baby um in human form taking on human form to be born to live the life he lived to eventually go on and die the death he did and be risen from the dead and to forgive us from our sins and that really is what christmas is about it's about the birth of Jesus Christ. It's not about commercialism. Uh, it's not about me giving you gifts or you giving me gifts and I accept gifts. Um, it's about the birth of Jesus Christ. And the cool part about the birth of Jesus, um, if you think about it, um, why Jesus had to be born, right? And if you go, okay, well, Jesus had to be born so he could be the sacrifice for sin for mankind. Okay, we get that part. And he had to do that because Adam and Eve sinned and we are all sinners and we're all in need of a savior. And Jesus Christ is the savior of the world. So that's why God sent his son to be born in a manger in Bethlehem on Christmas. Um, and, and that's why he had to be born. The, the part that's interesting or the part that's cool to me is because I believe in God and because I believe in an all powerful, all-knowing God who knows everything, who's not surprised by anything, nothing ever occurs to him. It's really cool to think about that in the book of Ephesians in chapter one, it tells 
it, it says that before the foundations of the world, God knew us. He knew what he was going to do. So sending Jesus to be born in a manger is not plan B. It's not God trying to fix things that were broken when Adam and Eve broke them, when, when sin entered the world, when we were sinners, when, you know, when we were born sinners. Jesus coming was part of the plan before God said, let there be light. Right. If you look at John chapter one, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So that's the word is Jesus. So in the beginning was the word. So there was the father, the son and the Holy Spirit before God said, let there be light before God created the the universe and the earth and all the stars and all the planets. Before he said, let there be light. There was the father, the son and the Holy Spirit. And again, you can look at John 1, 1 and Ephesians chapter 1. Um, and so Ephesians is letting us know that before the foundations of the world, before God spoke existence into existent, existence, um, before he spoke it, he knew. He knew that Jesus was going to come and be born of a virgin in Bethlehem. And that's what we celebrate on Christmas. And for me, what a, what a comfort that is. I, I can't, I can't comprehend it. Uh, it's one of those mysteries that you have to just take on faith and really just be in awe of. You can discuss it and we can discuss it, but the fact that God knows. And yet I still have free will, but he knows. And so, I, again, that's something we can wrestle with. Theologians have wrestled with. Philosophers have wrestled with for a long time. The fact that we have free will, but the fact that God is all-knowing and already knows what's going to happen. And I think it's comforting to me to, to know that before the foundations of the world, God knew that he was going to send Jesus to be born on Christmas. And what a what an amazing uh, gift that he gave us. Better than an Atari 2600, better than a G.I. Joe Tower, is Jesus Christ being born, Jesus Christ living the life that he lived, Jesus Christ dying on a cross to forgive us of our sins. And all we need to do is repent and turn to him, and we're saved. And it's and it's, it's really a beautiful thing, and it's an amazing thing. That's why they call it amazing grace. And And the one thing to keep in mind, something that I've been thinking about or, or kind of wrestling with over the past few days. And part of it is because of some of the things that I'm, you know, people I talk to on Twitter and TikTok and, and, and Facebook and, and social media groups and stuff. Um, there's a real lack of, of humbleness uh, when it comes to people who, who don't believe or who don't understand or who don't want to understand um, the history uh, or the Bible or uh, the facts of the Bible or, um, you know, there, there's people that will say Jesus Christ never existed as he's not a real person. Okay. That's just, that's nonsense. Uh, and any scholar of any weight will tell you that's nonsense. Even if they don't believe that he's the son of God, even if they don't believe that he rose again, they'll, they'll say, of course he was an historical figure. Uh, there are people that will, will talk about the contradictions in the Bible when there's really not contradictions in the Bible and the contradictions that are there. I'm not saying there's not nuances or there's differences in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if we're just going to use the gospels, there are differences, but they're easily explained and they don't affect anything to do with the message. Uh, there are people that will talk about the language of the Bible and how in 1948, that's when, um, uh, you know, American biblical people change the language to make some things mean something that they don't. Again, that's not true. Uh, and, and any sort of research 
from reputable sources will show you that. It's a lot of people just regurgitating things that they were, were taught. And I'm not saying I don't. I'm not above regurgitating things that I'm taught. But I really try to make it a point that if I'm taught something or if I read something, that I go to the original source, that I go to other sources to either confirm. And then I also try to find sources that will debate or, or deny what, it, what I was just taught to see which one has more validity. Uh, and so most people that argue on Twitter or Facebook or TikTok, they're not arguing from places of of, of knowledge. They're just regurgitating what um, other atheists, other skeptics, other critics have said for centuries, and they've already been debunked, and they've already been um, shown to not even be valid excuses. So be careful. Again, I said this. Be careful when you watch people on TikTok or Twitter or people post things, and it sounds really good. But if you do some research, you realize that they're, they're, they're usually lacking. Um, and so what, what I hope and, and, and I guess what I hope that happens when it comes to stuff like this, uh, when it comes to debates, is that people will keep a humbleness about them. And again, I need to be humble. And so if I come across as not humble, shame on me. Uh, you know, um, I, I never want to get to the point where I say I'm the most humble person in the world because that's not humble. Um, but there needs to be a real humbleness about who we are and what we believe and what we think, because we always have to be willing to listen and learn and keep our hearts open. Um, because if you close your heart enough, it's going to be really hard for the truth to penetrate it. And I'm talking about the truth of God, the truth of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't take much for you to open your heart to it. And I, I love the story of Jesus Christ on the cross uh, and the thief is next to him. And all the thief, the thief looked at Jesus looked at himself and he just said, Lord, you know, Jesus, remember me when you get to heaven. And Jesus said, you'll be there with me. I paraphrased it, but you can go look it up. But he said, today you're going to be with me in paradise. That thief, all it took for him to do was to recognize his state and to recognize who Jesus was. And he reached out and called out to Jesus. And Jesus said, you're going to be you're going to be with me in paradise. And what a what a beautiful story. It's frustrating um, because that's what grace is. Grace is that mystery. Uh, again, the gift that Jesus brought when he was born is grace. And we love grace unless grace is shown to someone and we've been we kind of say like, wait a minute, I've been a Christian for 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, and I've tried to live faithfully. I've tried to do the best. I've repented when I've sinned. I've tried to love people the best I can. And you're telling me that when I get to heaven, a person that has been a thief and an adulterer and a murderer and whatever, list any other crime, all he has to do is say, oh, Jesus, remember me? And he's going to be in heaven with me? Yes. And that's what grace is. It's unmerited favor. Uh, and it's, it's beautiful and it's, it's frustrating. Now, the, the part that makes it less frustrating for, for Christians should be this. All of us are murderers and adulterers and, and, and just sinners to the core. Uh, you know, people like to say that Jesus came to not to abolish the Old Testament, but to fulfill it and the, the law, but to fulfill it. And that's true. But if you listen to Jesus's words, he won ups the law. He won ups things. He'll say, listen, you heard it said, don't commit adultery, but I'm telling you, don't even look at a woman with lust or look at a man with lust. Because if you have, you've committed adultery in your heart, you're guilty of adultery. 
Oops. I mean, that that hits everybody. Right. He said, uh, you've heard it said, don't commit murder. I'm telling you, don't even be angry with people, because if you are, you've committed murder in your heart and you're guilty of murder. So Jesus sets a standard of holiness that is even higher than the law that the Old Testament sets. But the good news is he's the one that lived that and he was the one that was able to pay our price. So we can sit there and realize that the grace that is shown the thief on the cross is shown to us every single day because every single one of us gets angry. Every single one of us gets frustrated. Every single one of us lacks faith in God from time to time. Of course we do. But again, the good news is we serve a God that before the foundations of the world knew what he was going to do. He knew that he was going to send Jesus Christ as a gift for mankind to offer us grace and mercy and love. And and my hope is on Christmas, we celebrate that, we remember that. And my hope also is for the people that are seeking, the people that are, are searching, that you keep a humbleness about you and an open heart, that you don't close yourself off. Um, I, you know, I, I hope and pray that, that people that are, that are atheist or agnostic don't paint themselves into a corner because sometimes if you paint yourself into a corner, it's really hard to get out of it. And, and that's what I hope doesn't happen. I hope that there's always that, that humbleness among people that when they're confronted with something, they can at least say, I need to look at that again. You know, I need to, I need to understand that I'm not going to regurgitate someone who just whose beliefs line up with mine. I'm going to do my own research and my own study and keep my heart open. So when it comes to that moment, and it could be a split second moment where you're a thief on the cross and all you do is you look and you see Jesus and you say, Lord, remember me um, when you get to heaven. And he'll say, you're going to be with me in paradise. And that's that's beautiful. That's, a, that's an amazing gift. And, and so keep that humbleness, because, again, you can keep hardening your heart. And, and when when, um, you know, and, and again, Christians need to do a better job of confronting people. I shouldn't even say confronting of talking to people. Um, and it's really hard sometimes because. Atheists and people that don't believe are confrontational and they uh, point their finger and say, you're this and you're that and you're that you need to listen and in love respond. Um, but I hope that people will continue to keep an open heart um, because, again, you can harden it so hard that even when you're confronted with the fact that, hey, this is real. Instead of instead of opening your heart and saying, yes, come in, Jesus. Yes, I want to be with you. Um, you'll harden it and say, I don't want it. And when you do, that's that's the last straw. And and you don't want to live separated from God for eternity. So, um, you know, Merry Christmas. Uh, the greatest gift is Jesus Christ. The good news is that God sent Jesus um, and he knew he was going to do it from before the foundations of the earth. It's not plan B. It's not in response to anything. God doesn't really need to respond. He's God. He's got a plan and he, he knows what he's doing. Um, and so remember the gift of Jesus Christ. Uh, and if you're someone that's seeking, if you're someone that's searching, uh, you know, I just pray that you keep, uh, again, I'll, I'm keeping an open heart. And, 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 and if someone teaches me something new, I might learn something new. There's, there's beliefs of mine, um, that have, um, changed over the, the years. And, and I don't want to give like examples, but, um, I used to be staunch one way and now I'm like, yeah, I can see the other side and, and I can understand how maybe even my, reasons for those beliefs have changed. Um, so keep an open heart, keep an open mind. And again, the goal is, is always remember that you will have a moment where you're going to need to choose. It's either 
repent and trust Jesus or not. And it's not a, again, it's not a long process. Recognize you're a sinner and say you need Jesus. Again, for the thief on the cross, it took all of what, 10 seconds. And, and he was welcomed into paradise with Jesus. Um, so, you know, again, that's kind of a whole roundabout way to say Merry Christmas. Remember that Jesus Christ is the greatest gift of all mankind. And it was a gift that God knew he was going to give from the beginning. Um, and as you celebrate Christmas, as you go into Christmas, um, you know, if you're a believer, be kind and loving and caring to those who aren't believers, because again, they're going to have a moment in their lives where they're going to be confronted with the truth. And what you want is for their, their heart to be soft enough for it to be open. And you don't want to be the cause of someone's heart hardening. You don't want to be the cause of someone's heart um, being so turned off to Jesus that even when they're confronted with the truth, they don't accept Jesus. But you also don't want to be so wishy-washy that you are, uh, you are, are afraid to tell the truth. Um, and that's something also to think about. So, you know, the Bible talks about letting the Holy Spirit guide you when it comes to what to say. Uh, and that's a good thing. So, um, you know, put that in your theological pipe, Christmas, Christmas gifts, keeping a humble heart, um, you know, making sure when you talk to people about Jesus, you do it out of love. Um, and again, if you're not a Christian, if you're a believer, if you're not a believer, if you're a seeker, um, if you're someone who doesn't believe in Jesus, Please, you know, keep uh, keep some humbleness, uh, keep that heart soft. So if you are confronted with something that changes your mind, you'll be able to change your mind. Because again, sometimes people uh, cross so many lines. Again, they paint themselves into a corner and the next thing you know, they can't go anywhere else and you don't want to be in that position. So uh, put that in your theological pipe and smoke it. Be nice and we'll see you next time. Well. Bye.